It's called My Crime. They talk about how they went to play in Denver and the um, cops did not like the long hairs hanging around and uh, uh, treated them treated them poorly. <laughs> As they should have been treated poorly <laughs> for having yeah. long hair. Long and hair. Terry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess Terry, he grew up in Denver. He didn't know the song, but he he did know he did know the cops were he, Yeah, he, he knew about the cops, that's that. for sure. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have any he didn't he didn't he was like, Oh, funny you should mention that. Um, right, you know, right. They uh swinging their batons at the hippies. All right, yeah. so you ready? Uh, you want to just dive into this thing? We'll do it. I'll start the show, and then we'll uh, we'll just go running. Yes, everyone, sir. S- everyone, sound good? We, yeah, it we... sounds sounds great. It's, everybody sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. You recording it, Barry? Yep, we've been uh, recording uh, since right. the phone started ringing. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just in case. Well, just in case you say something embarrassing that we want to keep, you know. <laughs> yeah, or something. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So exactly. Great. Who's that? Uh, Oh yeah, that's my uh, my phone. phone. Which it's my house phone, which we don't even pay attention to because no one knows the number. So if it rings, it's only a a telemarketer, you know. Yeah, right. (laughs) But for some reason, we can't seem to get. I guess I don't know. There's some law or something. We can't get rid of it. (laughs) Really? Yeah, we don't have one. But whatever. We tried. We tried. Like with our, it's like tied into our internet or something. And like, yeah, yeah, they got. You have a plan. It would have cost us. It would have cost us more money to to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, right. As a matter of yeah, fact, right, yeah, we yeah, may yeah. actually have one, but it's just not, there's no phone, it's not hooked up, right. there's no, yes, you know. I guess we could just yeah. unplug it, but we're, you know, we, we can't. You never uh, know. Too, yeah, you never know. Um, Emergency. Right, let, let, uh, there you go. All right, let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. <laughs> that is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. And Barry, you know what? I realized this is our this episode we're recording now is the official start of our fourth season. It is. I and I titled it on the uh, uh, as such in the uh, um, in the file system. Uh, so I, you would re- remember. So you would re- remember that. <laughs> that no, we're it's, it's the name of the now. the name of the show. So it's season oh, right. four. Okay, good. Dude, All right. Congratulations. That's, that's, that's a milestone. That's Thank you. It is. Right. Yeah, congrats. And, and you people, you, you may be asking, who is that other voice? There's another voice there. And uh, as we are wont to do when we're not, when at least I'm not totally sure how to pronounce your last name, why don't you introduce yourself <laughs> to the show? Tim Heinley. There you go. Just Heinley. like it looks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Long eye. Uh, Hinley, yeah, I didn't know. Hinley Heinley. All right, welcome, Tim Heinley. You're uh, the creator of Daggerzine, right? Uh, which uh, you can go to daggerzine.com. Since, uh, that's like since the- yeah, Daggerzine. It used to be. I used to have that domain. I haven't had it for a couple of years. So it's daggerzine.tumblr.com. Uh, oh right, okay, you're right. It is .tumblr.com. Yeah. And you've been doing this, Tim, since 1987. Is that correct? <laughs> Yep, I, when I was two years old, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I started. Yeah, no, I, that's it was, amazing. It's it started. You know, as a, I did a paper zine. You know, you know, an actual print zine from '87 to like 2012 for like 25 years, and I I think 2012 I think is when I yeah is when I, when I went to the you know you know went to the web you know full time. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it is uh, easier to put out a magazine. Without having to get it printed, for sure. Having to uh, deal with the various and sundry problems that come with dis- printing and distribution of a physical product. 
Right. right. I, 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 I do. I miss the actual physical print. Oh yeah. I do. I do miss that. Oh but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like sure. a million times easier and cheaper. Right. Right. And a lot easier. Um, to, easier to fix um, typos. You know. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> I know a few of those over the years. I've had a few typos. Yeah. It, it's funny. One big holdout, but I think he's finally coming around as um, a big takeover, a uh, Jack Rabbit. Like for oh, years, right. he he was like, oh, "Boy, no, I'm not going on. The, what's the internet? Like, I didn't even know what he was what's like. The, you know, yeah. being an old guy, what's this internet thing? But he's finally uh, coming around to that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, and you're also a contributing editor at Blurt Magazine. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you know, Blurt's been man. I don't know. They've been. I've. You know, Fred was Fred was MIA for a while. Um, I, I mean, it's still you know, the, still there. It's been a while since I've contributed. <laughs> I've been I've been meaning to like I'm like I gotta email Fred and see what's right. up. And, but yeah, yeah. No, let's yep. make sure let's make sure Fred's doing Fred's okay during okay, this, right. these trying times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the uh, actually Barry, we should mention uh, absolutely. Before we get into I was the gonna record, I was gonna cue you, but I figured you you were gonna hit it anyway. We have a new patron to the show, and uh, Barry, why don't you take a stab at this guy's name? Yeah, I was looking at it. I was thinking. <laughs> I was waiting for you to to uh, um, uh, do a donut in the parking lot on his name. Um, <laughs> I believe our new patron, our seven dollar patron, big time. Is Carl Uberbacher. Uberbacher. That's what I was going to say, too. There yeah, you go. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's not a lot of, you, you know, if there's some other way you could interpret that name. But right. he's, uh, you know, uh, we want to thank Carl very, uh, very much from the bottom of our yes. hearts. Yes. Welcome to the That Record Got Me I family. Uh, and you, too, can become a patron. You can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show. Pick whatever tier you want, and we'll give you, you know, whatever tier you get, you will... Uh, you will get something, but the, really, the the true thing you get is is the joy of listening to me and Barry go on and on about records, and then know that you're not just taking from it, taking, Ugh, taking, you're yeah, giving a well, little back. I don't, um, I don't think of it that way, but I think of it as a well, uh, I do. An encouragement right, I, I do. to um, <laughs> encouragement to move forward happily with our weekly uh, okay, show. Well. Half, uh, you see the glass half full. I always see it half empty. Um, <laughs> all right, so Tim, what did you bring uh, to the table to talk? What are we talking about today? Uh, the first Galaxy 500 record today. Yeah. Now, were you, Tim, where uh, were you living in Massachusetts or were you in Boston when you discovered this band? Nope. No, I grew up in I grew up in South Jersey, so I used to, you know I used to go see shows in Philly. You know, Philly. Trenton, occasionally like Hoboken in New York, and um, yeah, I saw them. Only saw them once. Saw them one time. Um, amazing double bill in Philly. It was a Galaxy 500 and the Straight Jacket Fits from New Zealand. It was a, yeah, oh wow, nice. Bill. nice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I just. Um, Nope, uh, you know, you know, you know, northeast for sure, but not um, right. Yeah, yeah I was, Boston. I was, I was wondering that because I was actually living, uh, I was living up there, and I'll, I'll never forget. I heard I was listening to one of the college uh, stations there in Boston, and I heard a, a tugboat, and it just, uh, I remember it was just like you know, immediately you hear the song, and and you go, oh my god, who who is that, and what is that? Because there's just something about Galaxy 500 that. It, it, you know, they they didn't sound like the other bands of that time, 
Totally. And uh, totally. yeah, so uh, did you discover them right? This album, uh, the first album, was released in 1988. So is that pretty much when you uh, heard them? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just you know, you know, back then it was you know it was fanzine world because it came out. It was a local Boston label called Aurora Records. Right. Um, yeah, Mark Mark Algini. I think Mark is Mark lives in Chicago. He, he's in. I think he's like in the radio business these days you know he's a he's a facebook friend but yeah so, so you would yeah, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me you would see you would see you know ads and fanzines and i was like wow it's just you know, it's, you know, you know i mean you know interesting interesting band name um, right yeah you, you know, never heard of them before and then yeah you, you know just through the ads you know i you know read a couple of uh you know read a couple of reviews and in the zines and i was like wow you know this you know, you know this sounds totally up my alley and you know bought it and it you know, wow, it sure was. Right. So what other, like, then at that time, late 80s, what other stuff were you listening to? What other bands were you into at that time? <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, the complete, like, yeah, the, I mean, Mud Honey, Laughing Hyenas. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. You know, like all, you know, the, all the, you know, the late 80s, noisy, like, yep. you know, Sub Pop, Touch and Go, Amrep, you know, most of that stuff. You, you know, I did, you know, I did, Right around that same time, like eighty, um, I, you know, I developed a deep love of uh, all things New Zealand and Australian too. You know, you know, like the right. real, you know, the poppier side of stuff. So I was, it's, yeah, this old buddy of mine in college, he, he's, he's like Tim. You either like fairy pop or, or gnarly noise. And I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. I guess, you're, I guess you're, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that's that is kind of right. what I like. So, right. so yeah. Well, you're in good company because uh, we had, um, of course, a few weeks ago, we had Mark Masters on doing uh, Submarine Belts by the Chills. And, uh, I listened. I and listened to one of my all-time favorite records. And uh, Steve Michener had obviously did the uh, um, the Go-Betweens um, uh, album. And uh, so, yeah, the, that, that scene has been um, probably more represented on the show than um, some things that i thought might pop up and haven't so i'm not i won't i won't get into that because it involves an entire online argument about the merits (laughs) of a very popular artist but um um this record is very um it's it's evocative and it is unusual and it's got a, a retro sound that is um super authentic um because kramer you know W- recorded it at uh, Noise New York, analog, you know, yep, totally yep. analog yep. studio, and he um, stoned out of his mind. Yes, and actually, <laughs> I, I, what? So, wait, so I heard. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Really? Very, very much, very much. So, especially at that time, not now. But yeah, I he's actually, a, he's a Florida guy, right? Is yeah, I imagine he, he lives. Yeah, he lives down the road. He lives about a lives about a three quarters of a mile from here. And yeah, for a while. <laughs> Listen, oh, a little side note, which, by the way, this is fine because I know there's no way. Although Kramer may actually listen to this episode, he's you never not going to listen to it. Don't worry but about for it. a while, for a little while, he was sort of hung out in our little circle for a little bit, and then he, I guess, he decided, I don't want to hang These out. People with People are losers. Anymore, and that yeah. Was it. yeah. <laughs> you guys aren't uh, you know, losers, man. No, it's uh, yeah, man, you guys aren't. Uh, losers. He's a he's a complex character. I think that's a, he is. He is. So yeah. actually, the funny thing about my copy of this record is that um, I was looking at the uh, the files in iTunes and the date 
and I remembered exactly where it came from. Um, I was actually house sitting for Kramer and um, his wife, and he, I, while I would go over there and feed the cat and take care of the uh, parrot, Buster the parrot, um, I would uh, pilfer his CD collection. You would go. Th- I was just going to say you would go through all his CDs. CD collection. So I got all of all of the shimmy disc stuff and all of that stuff. Oh, brought nice. that home and and ripped it into iTunes and and Galaxy of course the the three Galaxy records uh, I, I got all those from Kramer and so I messaged him about that. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. Because it was cool. it was 2007, so that was you know 13 years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. So Barry, yeah, we had never discussed we've never discussed Galaxy 500, uh, me and Barry. But I assume Barry, you'd be a fan just because they're, uh, the uh, the two obvious influences uh, yeah. for Dean Wareham is the Velvet Underground yeah. and uh, uh, Jonathan Richmond, right? I mean, yep, that's, yep. yeah, yeah. Obvious. <clears throat> there's but, there's um, some there's some other stuff in there too that I'll mention when it comes up because I think those are over. <laughs> there's some overlooked influences that may have been uncool at the time. Um, especially one, especially that might have been he hadn't sort of been resurrected yet. Um, oh, I want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I'll be I'll be frank. I, I, I had not a lot of awareness of Galaxy. I actually had more of an awareness of Luna, Dean's next band. Yeah. Uh, um, yep. Because I have a friend Gary Waterman who's a big who loves Galaxy, but he also hit me to Luna, and then. I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. Luna put out a live record and um, Rob Badowski, the drummer in the band I'm in, had, got a copy of it and he said, man, this is the best recorded live album I've ever heard. And the guitars sound incredible. And so I would listen to that Luna live record and then uh, turns out Kramer had recorded that and then Dean, and Dean put it out and, and didn't tell Kramer. And so there was this whole um, uh, back and uh, forth because uh, Rob Badowski t- tasted Kramer and said, "Have you seen this?" And uh, <laughs> don't piss off. Kramer, and I think man. what Kramer, right. I think in my recollection, <laughs> Kramer texted or texted Dean and said, "Were you going to tell me?" And it was just, it was very, um, you know, the complex characters in these rock and roll ensembles, and uh, yeah. Totally. Well, there, uh, yeah, there's definitely a mystique about Galaxy because, first of all, they were hardly, they weren't around long at all. They formed in 1987 and split in 1991, only releasing three records, but all three of their records are great. I mean, at least I think so. I love all three of the records. And, um, yeah, there's just, you know, there's like a a rawness and a sparseness and a simplicity (laughs) to their music. But and and there's also you know I noticed there, you could say there's literally no uh, power chords here you know that's, no, that's, not really no. they're not a power right. chord man but they got what they the band had is dynamics they had such a yep. keen sense of dynamics and so they they would rock but they wouldn't rock in a way that all these other bands well, you know pa- or most of the other patience bands. there's also you know they they give things time to develop and they give things time to um, build so that there's not everything's not revealed at once. There's this sort of slow revealing of of I like that. the, the I like song, that. you know. And you know the Velvets are, are play huge 
in this. And so if you say Jonathan Richmond, then you you actually also sing the Velvet Underground because right, right, because he lo- he loves Jonathan them too. Is and a huge, right, right. So the the way the guitar is played and the way the things are, um, it's very much sort of third album Velvet Underground. Um, right. Yes. Yes. And and the drums very primal and and simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. But then with um, Dean, I, but I, Dean's, I Dean's I, singing though, <laughs> Dean brings that you know that plaintive voice of his, and it gives it this heartbreaking quality that is um, that's part of the uniqueness of it is that it the vocal his vocals are not as easily um, traced back to somewhere. Although th- there's there's somebody else that there is something about that that that'll come up, but because um, there's well, were you saying he spent, he spent part of his child he spent part of his childhood in New Zealand, and I, I think he did high school, high maybe middle school high. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he spent at least part. Oh okay. Of his childhood moved to America, and yeah, I know. Wow. He at least at least high school was New York City because that's where he. Some yeah, some right. school like right in right in the city, like right in I think in uptown or midtown or yeah. So we should probably mention the the band consists of uh, a Dean Wareham, uh, drummer uh, Damon Krukowski, and bassist Naomi Yang, and they are the 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 rhythm section is a couple, and I believe continues to be a couple. If I'm if yep. the sources yep, yep. are correct, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, dude. Yeah. All right. So let's get let's start getting into the record. Uh, uh, as you would um, as you would imagine, with this type of band, it starts not with a bang, but with a real understated, you know, in an understated way, which is you know, which is perfect for them, obviously. And uh, so we get the first track uh, called "Flowers." Love this song. About the kitchen sink and baby, you're a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 surprise. It comes out very surprising there. No. It just doesn't seem it like. Seems you like know. oh, nice love song, and then yeah. Uh, it's like where, where, where did that lyric come from? Yeah. You guys, when you're playing, 
bits of the songs is it um is it bad for me just to start singing like just blurting out you can do whatever you want because i, <laughs> no, you can, I actually cut it'll... out i cut it all i cut out everything that happens during the oh, song gotcha. and i gotcha, replace gotcha. the actual song i'm playing <laughs> so you can, with actual high res audio so you can do whatever you want and it's fine you can talk <laughs> just know that it unless you say something spectacular it's gonna, it's go, not gonna be there. It's not gonna be there. It's just gonna yeah. be galaxy. If you guys have heard, if you guys have heard my voice, you'd be like, we really need to delete Tim's <laughs> voice out of this. Piece. Well, you sound fine. You know, there are many, there are many that would say Dean Wareham didn't have much of a voice either, and that's funny. Right. Yeah, right. even yeah, listening point. to it, like, like, so, um, Tim, like, when you get this record, a a young uh, a young Tim Eiling get brings this record home, you. Uh, you're on board right away. Like you, you like, because you know, sometimes you get stuff and it takes you a little while to warm up right. to it or something. Totally. But no, yeah, no, th- this, this one just, just immediately, like immediately became like at that time, my favorite record. I just loved it. Right. Right. Yeah. Had, right. Well, obviously if, since you picked this record, you know, as the one that got you high and everything, I imagine that. And, and it is, it, it's a great record. It's one that you could sort of just listen to as a whole. Like you you sit and you listen to yeah. the whole thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Right. As individual pieces, right, or or as just right as an as because I mean what's I mean the whole like it's not nice, very long. It's probably over in what like thirty five. Yeah, thirty five like, minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a very um, perfectly timed. There's no there's no fat on it. It's just a great you know it's a great record and it's got <laughs> right because it, and you would expect the same because of the you know the sort of the the minimalism of the presentation it just is a just exactly what is needed to um put out you know make a great record yeah that right that, that opening guitar i mean it just it, it, it almost reminded me of kind of like like church bells yeah that dun, dun, yeah, yeah. Just, i just love that, that, well, just that dean, opening. dean is really good with guitar sounds and so that was the thing about luna that was so appealing was Man, these guitars sound incredible. And yep. there's even a recent, well, relatively recent thing uh, of them on um, one of the, you know, KEXP, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see it on YouTube. And it's, you're just like, it's just, it's amazing. It's just amazing. The stuff sounds great. Uh, he's just got a knack for that. And amongst he, his he, other talents. He does, and also uh, in, in revisiting the record now, because I, I, I listen to it a lot, uh, but I hadn't listened to it in a while, and I forget, even though you think of his uh, uh, guitar playing as, you know, very strummy and primitive, he actually, there's a lot of really yeah. tasty guitar work yeah. that he does in there, yeah. especially in the lead yep. breaks and everything, yeah. and and more so than I remembered either, because, you know, yeah. the, the, the thing you always think about is how sparse it is, and how, and how like you said, Barry, just basically just whatever uh, the least amount it takes to bring the song across yeah right yeah, but there's there's more going on than than even seems really yeah and i don't i, don't, I mean you guys may, maybe correct me if i'm wrong i don't you, you know by the time the band started i don't think he'd been playing guitar that long i i know like i know naomi I think I think like Naomi picked up the bass like just before the band started. I think right. like, maybe yeah. maybe Damon may have been like really you know the only like kind of actual musician, you know, pro- proper yeah. musician. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that's, yeah. that's how it is a lot of times. A lot of times you have to get a drummer at least that knows how to play, and then <laughs> everyone else can basically, sort of basically uh, yeah. yeah. You've got a drummer out. that can that can play. Whatever happens on top of it is just can you right. can get away with a lot. 
You guys, so can, now, I throw, uh, can I throw out a fun fact? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, if I remember correctly from the book, that uh, Damon borrowed his, from, uh, you know, to begin practices for God, borrowed his first drum kit from Conan O'Brien, who was a fellow Harvard student at the time uh, those guys were. Oh, that's right. They all were going to Harvard. Oh, my yeah. God. That's really funny. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are not. These are not. These are not. These are not your typical. They're street punks. Yeah, right. They're not. They're not gutter punks, man. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. They're not. They're not. <clears throat> very, very erudite. Yes, very. for sure. All right, so now we get the second song, and I was wondering because in this song uh, they're talking about uh, pictures, baby, my head's full of pictures of you, and it reminded me of the Cure song, obviously Robert Smith, but this this song uh, preceded that by one year, so this came uh-huh. first, and let's listen to the song Pictures. I'm, I'm I'll wondering. Be your mirror is definitely. Oh, that, okay, yeah, yeah. It opens it. with "I'll be your mirror," but this is where you start to hear um, what I'm gonna. The, the person that I think, like I said, had not been sort of rehabilitated <clears> by that <throat> point. I think Neil Young and Crazy Horse play a huge part in some of the w- guitar huh. sound ah, okay. and interplay and the choices, um, which. Is maybe would the not, mis- would not have thought of that. And the mystery ingredient um, in here and his playing that is, um, you know, when you go, okay, well, I can, I can hear Tom Verlaine or I can hear Lou Reed or, 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 or you know, uh, whatever. But I, I do think there's some crazy horse in this, and I think it appears in a few other places. Um, and certainly, you know, Neil Young didn't sort of kind of re like remember the ninety early nineties thing when he took you know Sonic Youth opened for him and he had those records yeah, that were yeah. d- big during the when the grunge people were like yeah Neil Young, but you know nineteen eighty eight he had made all those weird eighties records trans and uh, um, <laughs> pink reactor reactor and which is actually a pretty cool record it and, is it and is. Neil Young and the Shocking Pinks. 
And so um, it was, he was not at the top of his game. He was trying out a whole bunch of different things. He was trying to piss off his record company, I think is what he was trying to do. Quite successfully. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh that's yeah, that's good. I would not have got that. I would not have pulled. I could be. I could be totally. No. I could be totally wrong. But there's certain points in here where I go, oh, there's yeah, you know, hit it, Neil. Um, well, uh, one other thing, which is, I guess, a little more obvious that I hear, especially in something like this where the bass is playing higher and more busy. Yeah. I hear a Joy Division. I hear a little yeah, bit of sure. a Joy Division vibe. Yeah, New there, Order, sure. Joy Division, Hook, yep, Peter yep, Hook, right. Peter Hook, yeah, uh, his um, definitely his playing and uh, right, yeah. which that's another thing. Especially if you're a young bass player, just sort of picking things up and learning. That's something that you would catch your ear sure. and say, "Oh, yeah, you know," because it was just so different and uh, plus, so great. in a trio, you're always looking for a way to um, provide extra, additional colors. Fill up, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, fill up the space a little more. All right, see, so now we get- see you guys. This you guys. This is cool. You got you guys are obviously. I'm, I'm a terrible musician. You guys are obviously like musicians. You kind of know what the hell you're doing. So I'm, I'm learning. Well, that well, awesome. is. <laughs> I'm learning things here. Okay, so you. I, I was going to ask you actually, Tim, because I'm always curious with people if they're a musician. So you do play though. The, the, very, very little, and very not like very poorly. Okay. I, I, you know, I was in some noise bands in the right, in the nineties. Nice. I booked a cast. Bay in California, so I was. You know, who I was, wasn't? Who, you know, who it, wasn't you know, in, 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 like house, right. in the nineties? Yeah, who wasn't? <laughs> you know, I mean, really, like, like we literally couldn't play our just like, really, like I booked this cafe, so I would just put us on bills. Hey guys, let's just let's let's just we'll open Show up, up for up. right, right. So we were, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I know a couple of chords, but I'm, I'm not good at all. Yeah. So listening okay. to you guys well, talk, right. it's very interesting. Here. You know, you know, yeah, you know, hearing your guys. You know, so, about, and we've you know, we've talked about this on other episodes, but sometimes it's good to just be a fan and not necessarily yes, the musician because right. right, you don't right. have to worry about you know the baggage of oh I know you know oh I see where that you know, I know right or what he's down. doing or what is he doing how is he doing that <laughs> yeah, like, or how you is don't it care right? about that you, I, you I want to go figure it out exactly yeah. oh it just sounds good and that's good. So, but that's that's kind of right, the whole point right. of our the kind of point of our shtick though is uh, digging in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So now we get uh, a little more. This one uh, is a little more upbeat and uh, uh, just really the great thing. You you could think uh, these songs because they're so simple that it may get repetitive. But the thing is, they're deceptively well written songs. They're all they're very catchy and they have good hooks. And they're it's, they're just right. great. So uh, totally. yeah, so yeah. So this is another one that I really love. It's called Parking Lot.
real. A lot of his things are observational, very observational. This is just him sitting, you know, watching people and um, watching people losing their senses and lose their senses. What yeah. a freaking great line! Yeah, yeah. Great it line. is. Yeah. Wow. You think he means these? Uh, uh, the people are zoning out, or do you think he means people are? Like, what kind of parking lot is he sitting in? He's in New York in the 80s. So, um, right. <laughs> they could be well, losing their senses. Subway, tra- sitting uh, on subway his, you know, train. Subway train. So, right. I think, he, yeah, just people right. just, just, I think, just zone out. That's what I always kind of took it right. mean. Yeah. But I like he's, he's being very unjudgmental about it because I don't mind. Sure. He says, I don't mind. I think it's fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is very much a, a, a sort of a 60s pop song. And the way yes. it's put together, yeah, yeah. and the way it's it, it's um you know you can kind of move your head in a John Paul George and Ringo way, and it makes you know the bobbing your head back and forth, and it kind of it kind of goes like that, you know, um and you could you could sort of substitute some uh, some sixties textures in there and be like oh yeah there's a there's a you know right uh, this is, this is Herman's Hermit exactly so a, that's exactly who Jeremy. I was thinking yeah, yeah. it's that kind of that kind of thing it's sixties. <laughs> Cheerful, cheerful, upbeat uh, '60s pop, but with that, that, but with Dean's, you know, plaintive you, cry, and yes. I can't believe, frankly, I can't believe people complained about his voice. That must I have know. been. That must. Oh yes, have, yeah. people did though. Some people did, and I know some people could just say, "Oh, you know, it's like uh, why." I've, I've heard uh, people say that it's kind of whiny and stuff, but it's not. But it's just, yeah, it's very. Um, and and it adds, like you were saying earlier, Barry, it adds uh, like a melancholy to a lot of the songs. The way he's, you know, the way he sings, the way he's just sort of, um, you know, there's a vulnerability, a real very a, much, a vulnerability yeah, to very much. Absolutely. It, Which is you guys, if, I, if I had to, if I had to pick a favorite song on that record, it'd probably be Barking Lot. Oh. That, that probably would be my favorite on that. Yeah, record. yeah. I, mean, I really I, love. I, I mean, I love the record, but, but yeah. That's it's the uh, it's the it's the number one hit single from uh, um, Galaxy Five Hundred today. Is Parking Lot <laughs> for sure? <laughs> um, all right, so we got now we get the it, it, supposedly a Modern Lovers Jonathan Richmond cover, and it is. But it's really because the actual this song that Jonathan Richmond did is not. It was just really a sketch of a song. It's basically right. him just acapella, right? Acapella, I mean, just and they built yeah. So uh, Dean sort of built a whole song around that, and it's great too. And it's got this really, really beautiful, expansive, uh, extended instrumental opening, which we're gonna and, skip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I mean, but it's great. Yeah, but then and then typically brilliant uh, Jonathan Richmond lyrics too, which is the obviously what what drew him yeah, to to want to sure. do that for sure. So let's, let's listen to a little bit of "Don't Let Our Youth Go to Waste."
It's great. It's very like you you mentioned before, Barry, that they're very uh, 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 patient. Like they're patient right. when they play, yeah. and there there's dynamics, but they don't rush to do anything. Yeah. And, and the the patience uh, makes the brings out the uh, drama. And even though it's even though it's simple with their playing, yeah. it's just that's the essence. That's what a lot of bands miss. They they sort of miss that because they're like they're like banging everything too hard, and they're yeah. and uh, you know there's something to be said for. Taking your time a little and letting things develop, but doing it in a yeah, really, in a really yeah. uh, brilliant way, like this is done. And this has got a, um, this is, there's a, there's a television vibe to his playing. He definitely has heard t- television in Verlaine and the, yes. the drama. Of course, that band, you know, especially right. Marquee Moon, um, drama is a big aspect of their presentation, especially you know. For Lane's yeah. playing, and so that's in there. But the rhythm of this song, oddly enough, I kept going, dun, 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 dun. Um, and I, it's it's um, Sonic Youth. It's I, I, I think it's I, um, did not pick up on that. I, um, what's the one off Bad Moon Rising? Um, there's a Sonic Youth tune where it's like, and but you know, it's, he's in New York. So you're in New York, it's the 80s, and you're going to clubs, and you're seeing things, and, um, you know, you're around all this stuff. Television is, you know, you've got, and there's another, um, the next track actually has another New York hat tip in there. Um, It's very very much a New York sounding band, uh, um, New York 80s sounding band in a lot of ways um, because of all the things that were around there at the time. Uh, Yep. Yep. Okay, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I didn't hear version till maybe five years after I heard the Galaxy version. So I mean, I, all right. Yeah, well, I got I got wow, be- these guys. I, I got it better than you because I didn't hear it till uh, two days ago. Because <laughs> I never knew. Really? I mean, the, the Jonathan version? No, I, I didn't know because it's not on. I mean, it's not on the first record, and it's on. And I just, I, you know, I, I said, well, okay, I guess I should, you know, listen to this, uh, to their version. And yeah, I, I found a couple of them, but they're all basically the um, him just basically a cappella. And yeah, no, I had never sought it out uh, before. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I mean the lyrics are yeah. they're beautiful. They're beautiful. A- achingly. Yeah heartfelt Jonathan Richmond lyrics where right. you know he's talking to someone is he in love with the person and they don't respond that's his MO his best songs oh, are totally yeah <laughs> are Unrequited, unrequited love. love yeah poor Jonathan <laughs> alright I mean after, so, uh, after, after no, I was like wow I really I really, really I, I mean I love what Galaxy did with the song and after hearing Jonathan's version I was like I really love oh, what yeah. they did with the song oh, yeah, they were no. adding, yeah, they, they were. Drama they were always. It. Yeah, they were always really. They did really good covers. They're, they did on their second record. They did uh, Joy Division, uh, Ceremony. They did Ceremony right. by yep. Joy Division, and it's right. great. Yep. So they're yeah, they're they're definitely good. Uh, great at that. All right, so let's. Uh, we're about halfway through this. Let's take a little break. I'm actually. I, I I'm Barry. I, I don't have to get up for work tomorrow, so I actually am drinking a little. Oh, no, good for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about you? What do you uh, are you partaking of anything, Tim? I I know you're a 
family man now, so you got uh, <laughs> Yeah, I have some ice cold, ice, delicious ice cold water. It's really good. Oh, you know, lovely. oddly enough, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm drinking tonight, too. I had uh, a little Stoli last night, and I decided tonight that I would let my liver have a, a night off. And, oh, uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure your liver appreciates it. I'm sure it All does. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're talking with Tim Heinle. We're talking about Galaxy 500 today. This is Never Gonna Got Me High. We'll be back in a minute. Hang on the line, Tim. I'll be right back. Cool. Okay. Okay. webcomic which succinctly captures the ongoing cataclysmic implosion of our 244-year-old democracy at the hands of idiotic hillbillies and people who make used car salesmen seems like candidates for sainthood. Each week Woody and Kelly make good use of eight panels of illustrations to demonstrate that, in fact, we are not going to be getting those flying cars and robot maids from the Jetsons, but we may in fact be getting the kind of supercharged action seen in 1984 and World War Z combined. You can go to, is, this, tomorrow dot com to have a few laughs and take your mind off of the hillbilly apocalypse once again go to is this tomorrow dot com is this tomorrow dot com be safe and be well Like a She's two-year-old. just gonna call him grandpa. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? They're great. They keep you young, right? That's what they say. They do. All right. So, so oh, yeah, yeah. with a thirteen-year-old girl, um, what's that song lyric from the Dream Syndicate? You just never know how wrong you can be. You're gonna find out how wrong you can be about things when you. Say oh yeah, it. that's true. Because <laughs> they're gonna let. She's gonna let you know just how wrong you are. Exactly. <laughs> for about she does every day. Two seven, years. For about two so, years, I was going to say seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going to measure your word. You're going to measure your words into a very small cup every you day. Yeah, that's right. All right, we not are back. See, see, is, see on this, not, not just get, I'm not just getting music advice. I'm getting like you're getting father. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know I, that that's just, that's not advice. That's just commentary. 
I don't think. Yeah, it's a warning. warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch your back. Watch your back, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we are back. This is that record got me high. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we are talking to our friend Tim Heinley about a record that got him high. Galaxy 500's debut today. So uh, I, I did figure out where that rhythm comes from. Um, for a don't let our youth go to waste. It's um, I love her all the time off Bad Moon Rising. Okay. Where Thurston stole it from, I have no idea. Maybe because he probably did. But that I, I started sort of lay, playing those two things over each other in my head, and I was like, "Yeah, there you go." Um, <clears throat> right. But that was a cool. That was like that sort of cool, like you said, the cool underground New York. Oh, yeah. that, that sort oh sure. Of, yeah, throbbing, he was, they were, uh, I mean, they came out of the, yeah, the most amazing scene, you know, in New York. That 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 eighties scene in New York. There was a, a lot of incredibly cool shit going on. I hate this totally. Man. Oh man. Pussy galore. Still, still. Pussy one of my galore. Underrated. Yeah. Totally one of my favorite. Yeah, oh, they were. They were brilliant. I think. I think they were brilliant. They I mean, were. They, they, yeah. They, yeah, I mean, they're they're almost like forgotten about these days. But I thought they were, you know, I just thought they were just, just a really unique, amazing. Shout out to our uh, two-time uh, that record got me high guest, Tom, Mr. Tom Smith, original an original member of Pussy Galore. Oh so, yeah, uh, he'd be happy. He'd be happy to hear that. Yeah, um, he, he Tom right, Smith, so now Tom we're played here. with him. Yeah, he played with him. Sure, he did that label. He, uh, yeah, twice. <laughs> he did a Saints record, and he yeah. did. Um, oh the. Associates, that, the associates. Associates, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and he's he, on the schedule. He's coming back too. Did he do a late? Did he do a label called Adult Contemporary? Maybe. Mm, no, I don't know. I don't know if that's Tom or not. Um, you know, because I think it's the same a, guy. Shaving LA. Puss and Peach of Immortality. Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's, that's him. Tom. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that is. Him. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. Tom's yeah. a very uh, a very busy chap because he doesn't. He uh, is, yeah. <laughs> a raconteur. And uh, provocateur, <laughs> and people people have, people have other names for him. And they uh, do, but he's a, but he's a great he's a great guest though. So he's always yes, always he welcome on the show. He's, yeah, he always indeed. brings the goods. He does. All right, so now we're up to song number five. Uh, this is another really great uh, great song. I love this song, and uh, Wareham's really good at capturing like a feeling. One has like this one reminds me of like a feeling at a certain age or a certain time in their life. Uh, like this, to me, the mood of this is sort of transitioning from youth to adulthood and uh, the anxiety and insureness of it. And yeah. I feel that in this song. Let's listen to Temperatures Rising.
so in one verse he says, I think you're a fake. And then later on, um, I think I'm a fake, right? Later down right. the line. I thought this song sounds like he's, to me, like he's took some acid, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like if you listen to what he's saying. Oh, because his fingers are tingling and he's starting to shake? <laughs> and yeah, you know, I, I'm not even, you know, he starts to have these realizations that you have when you've done some sort of mind altering. Substance, uh, like I'm, okay. I can't even remember why I, you know, I don't even remember why I came here. Like all this self doubt. Oh, see, you were, I know, yeah, I guess, see, you were right. going there. I was just thinking more, oh, maybe he went to a new town, you know, he's a young guy, no, but yeah, you're, I think you're he's, probably right. He's at a party or something. <laughs> he's He goes to a party with somebody and takes some drugs, and then, you know, he looks in the mirror and, you know, he, he looks at the person he's with and starts to think, oh my God, this person's a fake. And then, Right. Starts to have these realizations, goes and looks in the mirror in the bathroom, and oh, I think no. I'm a fake. What, did, what am I doing here? That terror of what the fuck have I done? You know, we've all been there. But when, but when, he, but when he says, "I think," but he says, "I think you're a fake." Is it, I mean, I think I think he's talking about himself too. You know, yeah, he's, Probably, yeah, he's, yeah, looking, yeah. he's talking about he's himself. Looking in the well. mirror. Yeah, he's looking <laughs> in the mirror. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, as the usual, kind of, the, has the kind of existential terror you can only have <laughs> in your twenties when you yes. don't. You, you think like you make these. You make <laughs> this 50s. big bold step. <laughs> And Four then, now, <laughs> not well, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's you just get you get you develop calluses, and it's not quite as raw. You're just right. like, oh, I did that again. Yeah, right. that's, you know. yeah fuck it. Like I blew, 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 blew all the money at the horse track again. You know, um, but the existential terror of of the early twenties. You know, man, I remember. God, there's some to feel feel like you said, Rob. The feelings of transitioning to adulthood, where you're like. There's that Neil Young line from uh, um, "You can't, uh, you can't be." It, ain't it funny how you feel when you're finding out it's real? Yeah, and, right, and right. That's a song about that exactly that that same thing. It's like, right. oh, and it it's really not funny. <laughs> no, it's really not funny. <laughs> the opposite of funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so now we get a song. Uh, definitely, you hear uh, Jonathan Richmond's. Uh, uh, stamp in a song like this because it's just like a like sort of a simple bouncy love song, but it but he also has that little uh, that little edge to it that Jonathan uh, so much of his uh, seemingly simple songs have. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Oblivious. Oh 
Sometimes you you just want to lay in bed with the one you love and, until it's time, time to, to get, a, get drink. a drink. Yeah, yeah, right. That one is just beautiful and it's simple. Publicity, isn't it? Just yes, yeah. yes, you know, so, absolutely. Leaned out the window and said, "You know, where are you going?" Right, right, right. I mean, any, any of us do that every single day. Where are you going? Where are you so going? yeah, um, I detect in here um, the presence of another band that Kramer was playing with and recording at the time, especially when the harmonica comes in. Um, the, although that particular group was also heavily influenced by Jonathan Richmond, there's. Kramer was playing in half Japanese at the time, and they were coming to New York and recording at Noise New York oh, yeah. a tremendous oh, yeah. amount. I can hear that. Yeah. Can and hear the that. way yeah. the guitar is strummed and the playing is is uh, um, knowing of, and it, it could be Kramer too. And Kramer, I had discussed Galaxy with Kramer uh, one time, and I said, "Oh, you know, we're talking about the band and." Um, I said, "Oh yeah, you know, it was re- really important that those it was those particular three people." And he goes, "No, it was me and Dean." It was like Naomi and what's the drummer's name? <laughs> no, it, didn't, it didn't matter who they were. And I was like, "Oh, okay, sure." But all right, um, Kramer. <laughs> well, Kramer's stamp is on this. No, it is, oh, and totally. I will say, as big as as, as annoying of a curmudgeon as he is, you cannot take away from that he is the a, way uh, that uh, Dean is excellent. Sing- yes. the way that yes. Dean is singing, and the way Kramer sings are very, very, very similar, especially in Galaxy, especially. Um, and I don't know what the dynamic was there between those two guys. Obviously. They, they did have some sort of creative uh, uh, um, partnership. And because um, if you listen to Kramer's solo records um, and the things on Shimmy Disc, he sings in the same way as Dean is singing here. And so, um, and there's actually one track on here, I think we haven't gotten there yet, where I, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's Kramer singing background vocals because I'm like, that's Kramer. He, he, um, he did have that, um, if he liked the band, you know, and obviously he liked Galaxy, he would um, give, he, he has the quality of being, um, when he's in the room, you play better. And it's not, it's weird. I've seen it happen, and uh, he's one of those guys. He's kind of a Svengali character. I'm uh, sure, yeah, I'm sure he's got his presence. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, you know, you know, at the time, they were, you know, they were probably... It, it, you know, probably kind of yeah, you know, sure. Intim- intimidated. I would, by I would, yeah, I mean, sure. Was, yeah, right. this is their first record, young. you know. Yeah, right, yeah. right. right. Um, but. All right, so now, uh, uh, so now we get a real uh, simple, sparse song. Um, that and and on this next one, this I feel like just like the harmonica. There's st- stuff in here that's not credited. Barry, let me know. Do you hear strings? Are there strings in this I next one? I guess we'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. Let's listen to it. It's as, getting as I've mentioned in a previous episode about my particular playing, uncredited playing on a half Japanese record, they there was a lot of weed being smoked in the control room, and there was not a lot of notes being taken. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> who, who played on that? Uh, fuck it, it, it was Fred matter. Frith. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, that's not Fred Frith. That's me. But on the record, it uh, says Fred Frith. Oh well. <laughs> Off we what? go. Yeah, you know, it ha- <laughs> shit happened. It was kind of fun to to to, to yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, they thought that was Fred Frith. That's actually I rec- I know who that is, and it's it's me. <laughs> so what's this track called? It's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Okay, Bar- so real quick, guys, this song has something in it that Barry, we mentioned this a lot on the Game Theory episode that a lot of their songs had. It's got a chorus that's actually just a really pretty instrumental break, and that's the <laughs> chorus of it. Yeah. It's just these chords. Yes. And, and, then the, and that's really, yeah. And that's if it's really good, cool. you never notice. Exactly. Until, until you exactly, dissect it, yeah. you go, oh, just, oh that's just the it. song. Oh, yeah, you think about it, right. you don't go, oh, wow, right. there is no chorus. Um, yeah, and he's um, he's doing a little, there's a little Tom Verlaine bit in there, you know, just, that's why we can't make records that sound, I always, there's an, an interesting phenomenon. People will try to make records that sound retro, and um, it's it's very difficult to do because of everything you've heard. You can't excise all that stuff that you've heard. So even though you think, oh, we're going to use old equipment and we're going to do it this way, right. you can't not have heard all of the stuff you've heard since, you know, you were a kid. And it just makes that almost impossible to be. Right, right. It's such, it's such, when you hear it, it's like such a rarity. Like it can, it well, can this, be dumb, they but do, it's like, They actually like kind of, this million. record is very close to doing that. He's very good at, at playing things and and doing it in a way that um, has a time, it, what, it, what the trick is to it, ca- it being capturing a timeless quality um, is because um, you could go. They could have recorded this record last week, and you would be right. like, "Oh, this is a great record," you know, or, you, or 1966, or in 1966, and you'd be like, "This is a psychedelic masterpiece that no one ever heard," you know, it's like exactly up that's there true. With, uh, yeah, 13th floor elevators, you know, same kind of thing. So right. Uh, yep. Yep. All right. So now we get a song uh, that's called instrumental, and yep, it's an actual instrumental. It is, and 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 Barry, I think it's just as as many jangly instrumental songs often do. I I think of Love Tractor when I hear this. Oh I yeah, think I got because, another. You know, I got another. I got another name for you. I'll kick in with it at the end, and you're gonna go, ah. Okay. I'm, all right, I'm gonna kick. To I'm gonna kick in another name too, and you guys will hopefully. Uh, you, we may have the same name. Ah, all right, let's listen to it. All right, let's see. should go first well, tim, tell, tell me who you're thinking about yeah this. tim's our guest so he should go first you know, you know i you know i hear a little bit of uh you know a little bit of david kilgore and the clean not not you know not not just in that song just you know some of the you know just some of that 
some of that kind of like fast kind of yeah. strumming throughout the record. I Certainly oh, could be. Okay, but I definitely there's some clean in there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I agree. I'm gonna throw in. I think what you're hearing is the feelies. And because yes, the yeah, Feelies are New York band right there making records and incredible live. Like once you see the Feelies live, you're like, okay, I get it. Right. You know, totally. Um, they were sort of notoriously hard to deal with as a lot, as a, a group of people, kind of like the Perubu thing or, you know, bands where you go, yeah, you right. know, um, they're going to give you a hard time, but they came to Tallahassee. <sighs> In '87, and um, I just went. You know, went. They, they played in this place called uh, um, Grand Finale. It was a, uh, uh, a great place to see bands. I had no idea how good it was going to be. And then when they were done, I was like, it, it seemed like they played for like, you know, it was one of those things that went by so fast because they were so good. I was blown away, and I understood then. Oh, this is why people continue to put up with them because they're amazing. Um, totally, yeah, and they this, are amazing. Yeah, and and there is a similarity between the two, between the uh, clean and uh, and the uh, and the Phillies and um, Galaxy yeah, oh, 500. Oh, for sure, oh, for totally, sure. yeah, yeah. You could see well, it all. And, and it's it's you know it's the the, the Velvets thing and, and um, clean guitars, you know. Yes, and, right, uh, right. Strummed, yes, yeah, and clean gu- clean guitars and, and clean guitars that have that tone that's not sort of a compromising, trying to make it super pretty sound. It's kind of just a guitar plugged into an amp and then turned up so yep. it's not there's not a lot of um uh attempt to make it super super pretty and right right right, De- right, def- right. yeah definitely not, i mean right definitely not pretty up no chorus there's no like, no, uh, no, uh, or uh, chorus, no like that yeah nothing like right. that um, well, right. good you know for luna he got you know he got stanley on drums you know, so there was, you know, you know, Stanley from the Feelies. Ah, oh, I did not know oh, that actually. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you, uh-huh. you, you, you know more than I do about certain things. And <laughs> a I checkmate, a checkmate, Tim. checkmate. <laughs> yeah, you win that one for sure. Yes. So that's exactly so. Yeah, you can draw lines there. And the, there the, the Feelies had been around for a long time. Like they had, you know, there's that that Orc Records compilation. And um, Orc was the one that put out uh, the uh, um, first television single. Uh, and um, yep, little Johnny, oh, yeah, Jewel. little Johnny Jewel. And then there's a couple of Feelies tracks on there that are just, you know, unbel- incredible. Uh, and this is before, you know, this is this is early days. Uh, right. So they were around. They were playing. And if you saw me, be like, holy fuck! You know, I should not. I should just not try to play in a band. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I quit. Uh, all right, so now we get we get the final song on the record, and to me, this is a brilliant. Uh, plus, I, I really I think the whole record is sequenced really well. Wouldn't you agree, Tim? That it's uh, the record's sequenced good. I mean, from beginning to end, it definitely uh, they definitely did a good job. Totally. And, 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 yeah, and, and this song is a perfect perfect way to end it. It is because you you could say they could have easily put it at the beginning, like made it the first song. But the fact that it's put that they made it the final song, uh, and and then um, all right. So uh, obviously, uh, you guys both know probably presumably written with uh, Sterling Morrison right. in mind. In yes, mind. I was going to exactly. say that. Yeah, I was going to throw that out as a fun fact. Yeah. All right. Remember. Well, well, why though? Why why Sterling Morrison? Though? Give us that. I, I I think I think before he went back to school to get a master's, I think 
I think he was a, a topo captain. He was. He became, yes. Yeah. He was in the area, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't that the story? Like, yep, he, well, that's he, it. Yeah, I don't know where he was a topo. I don't know exactly so where probably, he was a yeah, topo captain. Yeah, probably he, Dean read it somewhere, read that. And uh, and, and Morrison and his guitar playing was obviously a, a huge influence on Yeah, Lynn, for I, sure. I think, yeah. Yep. Um, so this, yeah, this song is great. It, it's kind of like the entire Galaxy 500 package in one nutshell, you know? Like if you wanted to tell, explain to someone what they're like, just play them this song. Uh, right? <laughs> so let's listen to a little bit of the right. beautiful... It sums it up perfectly. It does. Talk about Just where I'm going. Is that's if you started saying that at the beginning of oh, the song? Oh yes, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's great. You could take four lines. I remember, like I said, I heard this the first song I heard by them. I was I was living up in Boston. I was playing in a band up there. I had a band, and then this is one of those songs you hear and you go, "Fuck! I wish I." fucking wrote uh, this song i wish i wrote a song like that because it's so simple but so fucking perfect and great yeah so the yes he was a tugboat he became after working on tugboats as a deckhand uh in houston he um he was when he was forced to relinquish his teaching assistantship some years later he was licensed as a master master mariner and became the captain of a Houston tugboat, a vocation <laughs> he pursued throughout the 1980s. Nice. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you, even, dude, even that line, just that, cl- uh, you know, I just want to be your tugboat captain. I mean, yeah. like, I'm sure every songwriter in the world is like, God, I wish I would have thought yeah. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, it's so great. And he's and he got everything there. He's got the politics. I, I don't want to vote for your president, you know. Right. I don't want to talk to right. your friends. Like it's got, it's all there in those four lines. And then he throws it's a place I'd like to be. And then the last part of it, it's a place I'd be happy. But it's like it's not. It's so melancholy, and it's so like it's just got this yearning in it. It's just so great. It really is great. Yeah. They really did just nail. I mean, that band, the band, they really did just just nailed on this debut album, didn't they? They, just, they did, yeah. exactly. Top to bottom. Yeah. They just, they just yeah. really, truly nailed it. 
It's true. And um, yeah, this was a great record to do. I'm glad it's not one, you know, I think just because they were around such a short period of time and they only had three records, they were definitely, uh, you know, they were always under the radar, but I think they're definitely more respected now. And they and I, I know they influenced a lot of other bands, but this was a great record to uh, to talk about. So Yeah, and I know the, um, the versions that are on CD and then the version that... Um Actually bought a, bought for for mixing the show. I bought the uh, uh, newly um, sort of remastered version off of Bandcamp. Um, King of Spain. Oh, nice. King of Spain is at, on the end of the record, which was yep. Uh, yep. a single that they. Um, that was the flip side to the tugboat single. Flip flip right, side to right. tug tugboat single. Yeah, and so yep. um, um, people who have only heard the CD probably might think that King of Spain uh, was part of the original package, but um, right. was not on the original uh, vinyl. It was right. not. Yep, totally. But, but, but another another great, just unbelievably simple, effective song. Yes, yeah, it is a great song. Yeah, and I kind of wonder whether Dean, you know, um, whether he had an, there's an underlying idea here, because with Luna... Which it's something I didn't find out until after I'd been listening to them for a while. That his idea was that with Luna was he would write songs about things that happened at night, and that's oh. that's why why Luna that's the subject material. Everything happens at night. So I wonder with Galaxy if there's some something there about what he's or if this was or if he decided to use that as a as a. Um, for Luna as a, a you know, that, that's, he came up with that fresh for that. Right. Huh. And, yeah. Never even, never even heard that before. That's uh that's pretty yeah, interesting. It's very, it's, it's when I read it, I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then you go and listen to songs. You're like, yeah, okay. All this is all stuff that happens at night. Um, Makes sense. All right. So Tim, what, uh, best place people to find, uh, you said, so it's a dagger zine dot, uh, daggerzine.tumblr.com. Yeah, you, I, you know, I try and put a try and put a review up every day. One, you know, once a day, I try and put a new review up. On Sunday, I usually, you know, either run like an interview or like a, you know, top ten. Uh, you know, these are my ten favorite songs by this band. I, you know, I'm a I'm a anal retentive list maker. So yeah, you know, I do a lot of that. <laughs> nice. um, but um, and but you yeah, also you also yeah. have a you have a Facebook group, as I recall, looking at it now. Correct. Zine chatter. Yeah, I started that. I don't maybe five or six years ago. Um, yeah, you know, just all, yeah, mo, you know, mostly, you know, mostly just, you know, mostly '80s and '90s zines. You know, just kind of scanning covers and talking about, you know, you know, just talking about. Some it was. Of the old a, I mean, it was a zines. right, and because that was how we communicated in the 1980s right. and early 1990s. Yeah, right. yeah. Before so email, right? I mean, before email, yeah. Yeah, and before social media ruined everything. Well, certainly changed everything. Yeah, no, ruined everything. <laughs> you guys, you guys two, uh, two real quick things. If you haven't read uh, D- Dean's book, Black Postcards, is awesome. If you haven't read that, it's a, it's a really it's a totally great read. Oh, okay. really? Okay, right. nice. Yeah, t- absolutely worth. Yeah, you, you guys, you guys would love it. Um, he's, yeah, you, you know, just like his songwriting, he has this like very, you know, very kind of very dry writing style. You know. A lot of sarcasm, but it's it's really it's really well written. It's and it's you know it's there's you know you know definitely some juicy bits in there about you know Kramer and who you know whoever else he was. Oh, nice. Else he was okay, good. I'm, 
I'm there. I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And then also uh, Mike McGonigal, you know, he's in the eighties. He did a really cool, he's actually a Floridian. He's from Miami. Right. But he, um, in the eighties, he was going to NYU and he did a zine called a uh, chemical imbalance. Right. You know, he interviewed, he interviewed Kramer and he was totally dialed into that whole Kramer half Japanese scene. Yeah. But about, about five or 10 years ago, he did a book called, um, have you heard our half Japanese episode? No, no. I've, uh, uh, I've, you know, I've heard about eight, maybe seven or eight of your... I'm, there's a lot of... I have a lot of catch-up to do, which I am... You have, some home, you have some homework before uh, that's you okay. come That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no. The, during the uh, half-Japanese episode, there is a story that Mike McGonigal is the star of, but his name is not mentioned. So you have to go... You're going to have to go now and hear that. Uh, Rob knows what that. I'm talking about. Now I do, yeah. <laughs> I will do that. But he he did a book about uh, five, eight years ago. It's called uh, Temperatures Rising, uh, Galaxy Above 100, and Oral and Visual History. And it's been oh, great. I, saw, I saw that. I, yeah, I saw awesome. that. It's awesome. reading about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, you awesome. know, photos and, lyric, you know, you know, photocopies of like lyric sheets, and right. it's uh, it's it's awesome. He did he did right. a really like a, fat, a really terrific job. Oh, with it. So yeah. you are you are a real music fan, Tim. I, I would say you definitely are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. If you guys ever, if you guys came into my basement right now, where I'm just one room is all zines and vinyl, another room is all CDs, this room is all books. Yeah, oh, nice. You know, my my, nice. my wife loves it. She's like, just put it all. I don't give a shit. Put it all hey, downstairs. Maybe you could hook, hook, so Rob, just, hook yeah. Rob up with a copy of that book from what was our guest? His- <laughs> <laughs> you think he has it? Um, Terry, you mean Terry Graham's book? Yeah, no, I'm Terry gonna get Graham. it. Yeah, I'm okay. getting it. Don't worry, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> okay, I, I, He's I, hook want, me up. I want that. I mean, I'm a huge Gun Club fan. I want that book. I know. I saw it. Um, well, we're I gonna like. On, uh, it's like fifty bucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, he's gonna. They're gonna re-release it again. And I'm gonna let. I'll. I'll, I'll Put it on our uh, whatever our Facebook, and I'll announce it when it's finally available. There we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Please. Want. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely buy it, but I was just kind of like. Ugh. Yep. No. No. Not for fifty bucks. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. Terry, Terry was on right like a week or two ago. Yeah, he did. He was. Hendrix, yeah. Jimi Hendrix axes bold as love. Yeah. Yeah. He was Terry great. Graham, man. Shit. He's a he's a he's a legend. He is a legend. Indeed. And, yeah. and you're and you're you're a great guy too, Tim. Don't don't you know? Don't yeah. sell yourself short. <laughs> you brought us a great. You brought us a great record. To you talk did bring about. a great record. Thanks again for no, coming really, on. No, thank you guys. I really now yeah, thank you. For, I really really do appreciate you having me. I uh, no, thank always. you so much. All right. So next week, I'm excited, Barry. I'm really excited about next week because this is a record. When when me and Barry first talked about doing this like three three years ago, whatever. Right. Uh, I, I I like had a list of uh, records that me personally wanted to do, and this is one of them. Yep. So, what are we what are we doing next week? Hopefully you've looked at the schedule and see the same thing I do, which is we're doing uh Drums and Wires by XDC. Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> nice. And the guest is uh a friend of mine from Orlando, Florida from way back in the early 1980s who I met at a used record store. Um Mr. Matt Gorney, who is not on social media. You'll be glad, Rob. He has oh, no social media presence <laughs> at all. Good. Um, and Matt Gorney, he also he teaches uh, um, music history at Full Sail in Orlando. So he has got the goods. Okay. And uh, he said he has done his research on this record. So basically, it's just going to be me, oh, me so and you kicking back. We don't have to do. We don't have to do any research. Then he did it all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, good. Good, very a great my favorite XTC record. So yeah. oh, I love it. Nice. I'm very very anxious to hear that one. Too. It should be yeah. good. Yeah. All right, and unlike uh, unlike Matt, we do have some social media, so you can go to at Never Got Me High on Instagram and uh, Twitter, and then uh, Facebook.com. It's That Record Got Me High, and also that Facebook group got me high. That's right. 
And what's the most important thing they should do, Barry? You should go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron for as little as a like dollar our, a month. Right? Like our newest friend, Carl Uberbacher, you too can be shouted out and become a patron and support me and Barry. We would really yeah, appreciate we it. We would. I will, I will absolutely do that, gentlemen. Absolutely. Thank next you. Day, next, uh, pay, well, next payday. I would yeah. Yeah. Well, Excellent. thank you so much, Tim, for coming Thanks, on. Tim. You were a great guest. And uh, once again, that is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we are That Record Got Me High. We'll see you guys next week. We are out. Come on, come on.